bringing you the truth or something like the truth. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. We get to a play of the day in just a moment. We'll also have Kaylee's Dailies in 15 minutes. Uh, if you are looking for a secret word, well, we gave our last one out on Friday, but the prize, if you have uh, entered some of those secret words and are qualified, that giveaway is October 26th. So hopefully a uh, bottom line listener is your winner. Clint Scott, Chris Need. Ben Porman, you can hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, reactions. We got this at the uh, beginning of the show, Sneed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this was towards uh, a loss from the Pac-12. There are too many college teams whose expectations are college football playoff or bust. USC is one of those teams. Pretty bold considering how relatively mediocre they've been uh, before Lincoln Riley's arrival. He brought offensive power back to USC. I don't know what else that fan base was expecting. There's still a New York, a New Year's Six team. I'm, I'm not sure if they are. I'm not sure they're a New Year's Six team. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see anything from. I mean, they were a two-loss team last year with the Heisman Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they did to get any better. I mean, because the, like the re. So this is what the way that I look at it is. Um, are they still really talented offensively? Yes. Um, the problem is, is they still beat a Utah team who, by the way, like this is they, this is the Utah, Utah you're getting. Team. This is the Utah team that you're getting in the Big Twelve. Yeah, you've had your star by quarterback out all year. You get beat as a Kyle Whittingham said, a, a pig farmer. They had, he had a great quote where he said, "They have a Heisman winner. We have a pig farmer at quarterback, but we like him too." Um, they just find ways to win. They're another Kansas State coming into the league. And the reason that I don't think that USC um, will be a New Year's Six team, and I wonder if this is where you're going to, is they still have Washington and Oregon on the schedule. And, and where they have not gotten any better defensively and also it feels like maybe taken just a little bit of a step back offensively, Washington and Oregon are... I mean, fighting to be one of the elite teams in the country, and they have gotten immensely better and are legit. I just don't see them beating both of those teams. And I think with that, they'll be on the outside looking in. Where I mean, they're they're going to be, you know, nine, ten win season somewhere around there, or nine or ten win team somewhere around there. But I just don't see them with the the lack of defense and honestly the lack of toughness. Them getting through both Washington and Oregon. Um, and I, I think you'll see them sitting on the outside going to like a nice bowl game, but not the bowl game they had in mind yeah, by they, any means. They've played eight games <clears throat> and are in the top ten. They're ninth in the nation in the passing offense. Um, or I guess know, they'll be an the eight team, or nine win team is what I was going yeah, to say. Yeah, most of the teams that, that they're ranked, you know, are have played seven at this point. They haven't had an off week. So, um, I you know, I just – there's nothing about them that's special. I mean, there's they're not just. I mean, yeah, they they throw it around. Lincoln Rally throws a ball around a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of offensive. But I mean, their defense is. I mean, they they give mm-hmm. up a lot of points. They give up a lot of yards. You look on defense teams that they have struggled against. Yeah. Now, Colorado. You can say, well, Colorado had to come back to do that. Still, only beat them by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Arizona, they were. I mean, Arizona's. Two point conversion questionable call there at the end, uh, away from losing that in triple overtime to a Wildcats team that's not very good. And then they got dominated by a, a Notre Dame team that's good, but not forty two, no, not forty eight to twenty, better than you good. Yeah, I mean, I mean a just Notre wrecked. Dame team that had, had just gotten worked <clears throat> by Louisville. I mean, yeah. Louisville's a good ACC team, and had 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 just also lost a lost a, a game to um, to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're the team you think you are, SC Notre Dame's not doing that to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, that's that's the caveat. That, Notre Dame is not taking you up behind <clears throat> the woodshed and and just giving you the what for. Yeah. So, I 
I, I get the expectations, though. I mean, you look at last year, and if they do if they do end up beating Utah in the Pac-12 championship, they're probably in the playoff or um, at least hang around the conversation, and that you know finally gets the rug taken out as they lose to Utah again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I get their expectation side. And also, you know, they're, one, they're just one of those programs that even though that they have been average over the past decade. Uh, um, I'm looking. They're... 105th defense. Yeah, bad. For for uh, 105th. 105th in defense. For bad. comparison's sake, Texas Tech 67. Yeah. Alex Grinch, man. That's what you get. Uh, let's jump into a play of the day, shall we? One ball, one strike. The pitch. Adoli swings and hits a high drive to deep left field. That ball is way back, and that ball is history. Adolis Garcia clears him off with a grand slam after four consecutive strikeouts. Mm, that's too bad. I, I hate that for our Astros listeners. I'll be honest. My reaction was just like cracking up. I, like, I was, of course. I, I, I can't say the word that I said when that <laughs> happened, but my neighbors heard it. I know that I know my neighbors heard it because I was I was sitting relatively close to the front door when I said it. Mm-hmm. And it was glorious. I mean, they are those. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complain too much because the the Rangers fans booed Altuve every time he came to the plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was, even I was kind of like, okay, come on, come on, guys. It was like five years ago. It's I mean, it's like I mean, let's 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 be over that. But I mean, and and, and I don't understand why the Astros fans are booing Garcia because Garcia didn't hit himself with a pitch. Your pitcher, Do you Brian think, Abreu, threw at him. Even if that doesn't happen, though, like if that moment doesn't happen and you have the, what was it, like 28-minute delay from it? Yeah. Uh, even if that doesn't happen, I think that they probably boo him still oh, yeah. for the celebration. And so, well, I, and, and and yes, the whole thing plays into it. But this goes for that would like this entire series, the hate level. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting to see it get ramped up, not to like you know yeah. a fighting standpoint or anything like that. But there was so much animosity through the regular season, which, by the way, I love because you don't get that in sports anymore. Yeah, because everybody, it's too everybody now. is everyone's friend. You oh, don't know yeah. who's going to pop yeah. up on whose roster the next exactly. year. Exactly, because you know, yeah. all the, the NBA, nobody fights in the NBA anymore because you know we all want to get together and have a yeah. super team. We all want to go vacation together. And again, I'm not asking. I'm not asking for brawls. Don't get me wrong. Like, don't don't take that from. I, but I am. <laughs> I mean, I I love a good baseball brawl. I love. A good baseball fight. I love the fact that the Rangers and the Astros hate each other, and mm-hmm. hate might not be strong enough a word. Mm-hmm. Like the, the word "rival" has slowly disappeared from professional sports. Yeah. Certainly, like I, it, just, you know, it just has. I mean, the bottom line. I mean, Astros fans are upset because he pimped it on the home run. You know what? You don't want him to pimp it. Don't give up a five hundred foot home run. Mm-hmm. How about that? How about that? You don't want him. You don't want him to pimp it. And and either way, no matter who wins tonight, it's going to be thrown in the other one's face, mm-hmm. and then it's going to be something that the, thankfully the, is remembered into next season. Actually, it's going to be I will, fantastic. You know, it's it's gonna. The great part about this is whatever person loses this game, whatever team loses, whatever fan base loses, they got to live with that. And if 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 the Rangers lose tonight. I gotta, I gotta know that they lost Game Seven of the ALCS. But what's worse, they lost it to the stinking Astros. Mm-hmm. And now I, got, I will, I might not be able to watch the World Series. <laughs> boo, boo. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect whoever, no matter who loses the series and who loses tonight, they'll be wearing a Diamondbacks or Phillies gear. Yeah. For oh, however yeah. long the World Series goes. Yeah. But if the Rangers do win tonight. If they win tonight, you won't be able to knock that smile off my face with a stinking aluminum baseball bat. <laughs> Check it for corks. Check and it I'll for tell corks. you what, hey, if I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I will. Hey, Astros fans, you guys better hope the Rangers don't win tonight. 
because I am not going to let you guys forget about it for a whole mm-hmm. freaking year. All I've heard about from you guys, Clutch City, all this stuff, I got all this pent-up anger, and you guys are going to hear about it for a stinking year. All comes to a head tonight. I am, does. I am so excited. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it's the bottom line, 100.7 score. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Welcome back to the Bottom Line. You've got us on 100.7 The Score and 107thescore.com. You can take us anywhere with the mobile app. That is brought to you by Happy State Bank, Clint Scott, Chris Need, Ben Porman behind the glass taking care of us. Uh, we'll get to some of your thoughts and comments here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a Monday edition of Kaylee's Dailies. That's a dying Astro. Uh... Yes. Ben. I feel like these new chairs have gotten much quieter. I realized when we stare off. Probably a good thing. (laughs) Yesterday, October 22nd, Year of Our Lord 2023, was International Wombat Day. Ah, Wombat. Yes. Uh, Continuing on with animal names that will give you a chuckle. Uh, we have, <laughs> sorry, Uh-oh. we have the Northern hairy nosed wombat. <laughs> Wombats are, uh, marsupials, marsupials, meaning they have young that are born prematurely. Uh, intentionally, and then continue developing in outer line pouches on their mother. About that. Outer line pouches. Hairy nosed wombats are known for their bulbous bodies. <laughs> Shocking. Hard buttock, <laughs> and quite obviously, hairy noses. <laughs> hairy nosed wombats. <laughs> Buns and thighs, yeah. Buns and thighs. Uh. <laughs> wombats are related to kangaroos and koalas, and northern hairy-nosed wombats are the largest burrowing marsupial in the world. How about that? These marsupials have been known to burrow up to... 10 feet underground. 100 feet underground. That is way more than 10 feet underground. They do that for shelter and protection. And unlike other marsupials, wombats have their pouches facing their backside Compared to most facing frontward. This is an adaptation that allows for wombats to dig and burrow efficiently while not shoveling dirt into the newborn's face. Oh, yeah, that's probably not good. You yeah. got this little baby wombat and it's just like, hey, welcome to this brand new world. Just mm-hmm. starting your life out. Dirt bath. Mm-hmm. Pocket sand. <laughs> no pocket sand. <laughs> pocket <right> sand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I give you the oh, hairy nose wombat. She has your eyes. Pocket sand. <laughs> he looks just like you. Pocket sand. <laughs> So, so I get my ticket. So, you know, you know the trials and tribulations of, of my ticket last week. So I said, uh-huh. I decided I'm going to go to the game. I had to go get the rover service last week. I'm going to go to the game. I said, it's right down the street. I'm going to go to the game. So I buy a ticket. I buy a ticket for the wrong day. I sell the ticket, sell the ticket for the exactly amount of money I paid for my ticket. But I, I got to deal with the fees. So I lose money on that. Mm-hmm. Buy the ticket for the right day. It's more than what the other ticket costs. I get there. I got. I buy two beers and a dog. Good. Nice. Okay. Nice. Two beers and a dog. What was on the dog? I just ketchup and mustard. You know, you solid. Know, solid American hot dog. Um, and uh, I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, okay, it's gonna be great. Nobody in front of me right away. No one next to me right away. Ranger fans next to me over here. A couple of Astros fans over there. House divided behind me. Dad Astros fan, mom and kids doing it right with the Rangers. Okay. <laughs> Kid would start becoming annoying in a little bit because they got that red towel that they hand out to everybody. And every time they said any player's name on the Rangers, whang, 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 wave that towel. Kid is about two years old, 
standing up. That's oh. right at my head height. <laughs> <laughs> wham, wham, wham. <laughs> I kind of like, ha, ha, you know, you kind of do it the first time. You know, that's kind of cute. That's kind of cute. About the fifth <laughs> can... time, about the fifth time, I wheeled around and gave mom one of those looks like, you're going to control that kid or am I? <laughs> How about that? Because me controlling that kid could be drop kicking him onto the dugout down there. I was sitting up in the 100 level. <laughs> Finally, family shows up in front of me. By family, I mean dad and mom with an 18-month-old kid and a kid that looks like they were born two days ago. And I was like, this is going to be great. Dad somehow managed to carry an 18-month-old kid, two beers, and the giant, the biggest pina colada thing with all kind of fruits and vegetables hanging out of it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's an American dad. Oh, he was American dad. And he was he was hitting those hitting that pina colada, whatever that thing was. It had all kinds it had the uh it had all kind of stuff around the rim. It had like bean stalks and stuff coming out of it. And I was like, <laughs> and he was hey, he didn't miss a beat. He shoved a pacifier in that kid's mouth, and mm-hmm. then when that pacifier fell out, he kept shoveling that kid Doritos. And that kid had Doritos all over her face and hands and everything. She's like, don't touch me, man. But mom had hair down to her, you know, buttock. buttock. Which, uncontrolled, flipped that hair back right over my open beer. Oh, Come no. on, mom. You're killing me now. Did you, what did you do? I, I kind of tapped her on the shoulder. I said, I can't get my beer. She's, oh, so sorry. Just like that. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> Finally, Ma'am, your about, in my beard. about the third inning, here's Schlepp's in uh, Laverne and Shirley, Astros fans, Deluxe. You know, I don't think they were from Houston. I think they're just the Dallas fans that wanted to root for Houston because it's trendy. You know, and, and this one, they sit down there. And from the time they sat down, they didn't say, they didn't watch a single pitch of that game. They just kept talking about, I mean, whoever this, uh, uh, some chick named Tina, they don't like Tina. Ah, Tina. I mean, they are, uh, we hate Tina. They are. They're wearing out Tina, and they're going back and forth. And I'm just, I kind of sitting there, and I was like, I know how much I paid for this this seat, and I'm living and dying with every picture of this game. These two people, I'm gonna say that these two people are over there. They ain't paying attention. I mean, they ain't paying attention until Abreu hits his home run. And then it's all selfies and TikToks from that from that point on. Oh, Rangers live. Oh, Astros. Oh, oh, ready to rain. Oh, stuff. Oh. And I'm just sitting over here just dying every pitch. And these two people haven't paid any attention to this game. And they're going to get rewarded with a 10-3 victory that they showed up late to and left early from. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. It's like that Chargers fan oh. I keep on seeing everywhere now. Oh man, that's I was, funny. I was just, I was beside myself. We were the... there. We saw it. Oh god, Astros fan for life. Yeah. Uh, this on the Twitter chat line. I know Tina. She hates them back. <laughs> I, I, I really, at one point, I just wanted to say, <laughs> did you guys seriously come here to have this conversation? You could have had on face on Facetime. <laughs> Hey, I have some drama to dish. Meet me at game five of the ALCS. I mean, they're getting base hit after base hit after base hit. The Astros are. These two chicks haven't haven't looked up yet. But when when he's Abreu hits the three run homer, I think one of them. I think that was good for us, you know. And now all of a sudden they're all. I mean, now it's selfie. Take it, take it. They're standing up in the aisle taking. Hashtag girls night. Oh God. Astros for life. Hashtag uh, girls night. Hashtag hate Tina. <laughs> Unbelievable! I was, I was, I wanted, uh, I wanted to throat punch both of them so bad. <laughs> hey, we have a thir- throat punch Thursday ah, coming up in three throat, days. Throat so. punch Thursday. Uh, this on the chat line. Can we get Aaron and Snead on the same show tomorrow? See what we can do. Ooh, fight might ensue. Oh, uh, wait a second. Yeah, let's go. I take Aaron out. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone's betting against you. <laughs> uh. This on the chat line, your mom is a marsupial. Hey, you watch it. Uh, this from Sooner and Lovick. I'm with you, Sneed. I've never been an Astros fan, and being a diehard Braves fan, I can't stand the Phillies. Uh, this on the chat line, I, for one, am asking for brawls. I'm with you, man. I want, <laughs> I want, I want hands thrown, man. Uh, 
Adola's reaction to his home run before being thrown out later was perfectly fine in that situation and what it meant to him at the time. Absolutely. Uh, this from Tyler. Y'all think that hit by pitch was on purpose? Yep, I do. Yeah, I, 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 I one thousand percent think they did it on purpose. <clears throat> it's just too like, and it's I, too I, much of a coincidence. I one thousand percent of a coincidence. Think that Dusty Baker called it too, <clears throat> and you know he can say, "Why would we want to put Pinroy on base?" Because you knew you were going to win ten to three or whatever, five to four or whatever. Uh, thanks, Need, for not talking about the below average football team. I appreciate it. I uh, yeah, I am. I I'll probably. Save my thoughts for tomorrow, but I mean, I've, I've, I didn't get to see a, a minute of that game. I was, I was doing my game with LSU at the same time. You can go, go watch it, play for play. I, I really don't want to because I, I have, I, I have a nice TV that I want to keep. I have a feeling that I would probably throw a hammer into the TV. I am. <laughs> I will. Uh, that'll do it for hour number one. See, I can't good. wait for your synopsis tomorrow. Right. Hopefully, uh. We'll see what happens. Maybe an overjoyed Sneed, maybe a very angry Sneed. Game 7 of the ALCS tonight. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth, this is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. It is the Bottom Line on 100.7 The Score and 107thescore.com. Clint Scott, Jamie Lint, Ben Porman behind the glass taking care of us. You can hit us up on the Yates Point Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, reactions, all of that. Welcome there. So before we went to break, you know, you asked me if you had a healthy Baron Morton. Do I think it would make, uh, or, or do, do you? Do I think they would have beat K State and beat BYU? Yeah, one or both, whatever. Not strong enough to say. Hey, you for sure win either of them, but I think I feel really confident in saying the Kansas State game doesn't get away from you the way that it did. Um, I mean, you're playing jackpot in the fourth quarter. That's what that's what that's what the offense turned into. What's, and that, what's jackpot? That's where you uh, have like four people, I don't know, like twenty yards away, and you give out numbers and you just loft it, and go whoever catches the ball gets the points. Mm-hmm. And you're like. Mystery box and five hundred and that's what you were doing. Okay, five hundred. That's what we played in with baseball. Oh yeah, same yeah. thing. Okay, same thing. All right. Um, and and I'm not trying to knock Jake Strong because he was never supposed to see the field this year, right? And you can see that it is he is he's not ready for that. That's part of being young. It's part of being a freshman. It's part of um, you know, what you actually brought him in for for Texas Tech was not to be the savior of the 2023 season. That's not why he was given a scholarship. So <laughs> I'm not trying to knock him, but the reality is is that he he's not ready for the situation. Um, you, you can't afford to put too much on him, but at the same time, you kind of have to at times just to keep the offense balanced. And so from the angle that is that is it would a healthy Baron Morton heal everything, all of a sudden everything's great offensively and moving smoothly. No, but I, I I don't think you're I don't think you're in the same boat with maybe like as many turnovers, which killed you on Saturday. So and it was just like both sides of the both sides of the field go to the fourth down and even though that's not technically a turnover on the books, it's a fourth down fumble that you don't get when you're trying to respond after driving the field. Sure. And then you answer that with your next offensive possession, fumbling it at your own 10 turns into a touchdown. Yep. Like those kind of things that I just, I think those at least get minimized. Now yeah. you haven't played clean all year. It's not like you were playing perfect. Um, yeah, but Baron Morton hadn't been turning the ball over a bunch. Right. It just doesn't seem like you're going to have those things. Is he yeah. going to suddenly be a receiver blocking on wide receiver screens? No. Is he going to be the one catching his own passes? No. But it feels like... Uh, It'd be cool if he did. It would be cool. Um, it feels like those things would get minimized. Yeah, I think. Um, so your your initial comment was that you, you know you think maybe Tech can win two more games the rest of the way, and um, that's kind of the, like your best case scenario hope this season. I, I, I mean, I just uh, I think you beat BYU with Baron Morton. I'm not as confident with Kansas State. To me, that one would have been a coin flip. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it 
was nowhere near a coin flip with Jake Strong in there. And I'm with you in saying that I, I, I harbor, I, I harbor no blame with Jake Strong. He's just not ready. Right. He wasn't supposed to be ready. And there are certain true freshmen that can step in and do it, do a great job, but those are few and far between. So I just, um, I don't want to blame him at all, but you're in a situation um, where you are, it's the one position on the field where you just can't be just overwhelmed. No, yeah, yeah. And, And that's where you are right now. Now, Coach McGuire said after the game on Saturday that he fully expects Baron Morton to be uh, the starter come TCU. And if that's the case for the Red Raiders, um, I think there are three winnable games in front of you. Obviously, the one in Lawrence is the toughest. Um, I, I feel like KU, we have, I mean, they they are probably a little bit, I lean towards thinking they're probably a little bit better than the Red Raiders. And I also... Mm feel like them playing at home gives them an advantage, but they have beaten nobody. Nobody. No, 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 no argument over here. Yeah. And, and so any thought that with a healthy Baron Morton, um, that you can't go up there, uh, and win in Lawrence is just, it's crazy talk to me. So I, I lean towards thinking you're not going to end up in a bowl game kind of where you are Clint, but I am not going to say that I, I all hope is lost as far as that. Now, if you want to do a deeper dive into it and say, even if you do make a bowl game and you get to 6-6, six and six, suddenly is this a great year? No, it's mm-hmm. a disappointment no matter what. Um, you know, it's just interesting you've, how you've found different ways to lose games this year. And when I say interesting, I mean sucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean the first a game. Bad, the, interesting. Yeah, I mean the first game of the season. You just, I mean, offensively fall asleep for three quarters. Okay, and the second game of the season, your your quarterback can't stop giving the ball to the other team. Um, you know, your third loss of the season. You got again. You lose your quarterback, and it felt like your play calling lost its mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, in a rainy, soggy, you know. Um, game atmosphere. And then, you know, Kansas State happens again, you lose your quarterback. And now you're left with a kid who is overwhelmed, okay? Mm-hmm. And no no uh, shame on or blame to him just because it just, it just clearly he's not ready for this. Yeah. And that's obviously, you know, makes things difficult on everybody – on the offensive side of the ball, the clear thing that we you noticed about all of those things is we found different ways, but they all come back to the offense. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, they all come back to the offense, and um, it's just really been a, f- a really, really frustrating season because for years and years and years around here, we said, "Hey, if you just had a decent defense, just decent, they don't have to be world beaters, mm-hmm. decent defense, you'd you'd be able to." You know, be a really good football team, and you got a decent defense. I, I would say even a little bit better than defense. They're far from perfect, but a little bit better than decent. And now you're just giving yourself no chance to win. And the turnover problem, the last two games, it's, I mean, it's crazy. You have no chance of winning when you're turning the ball. So we've now turned the ball over, uh, what, eight times in the last six quarters? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Give no- eight. You have no chance. I mean, and, and it, it's funny because as I was tuning into the BYU game, as everyone was watching that that first drive of BYU who did not have a good rushing attack coming in, right? And they gash you for their longest run of the season. And my mind kind of jumped to like, if they don't keep you in this game, you're going to get rolled is, is what my initial thought was. And then they settled down, and and you look at the points, uh, on the in, on the on the on the in the resulting scoreboard. Excuse me, as I turn into Porky Pig there. And how many times did you ask your defense to bail you out again? I mean, over they gave up two drives in that over. entire game. Yeah, two drives. The defense really played well in a hostile road environment. Yep. But once again, 
It's another game where your defense gave you every opportunity they could to win, and the offense squandered it. Yeah. Piddled it away. And it's just like I come out of this past weekend, and I, and I hope I'm not to the point where it's just like, yeah, I'm numb to it all. Mm-hmm. But I didn't come out of this past weekend angry. I just came out of this weekend saying it wasn't in the cards. You you, you have no chance with a quarterback who's mm-hmm. who's overwhelmed like Jake Strong is. And again, I'm not trying to say he can't become a great quarterback for the Red Raiders mm-hmm. in the future. I'm just saying he's not ready yet. And and I think, you know, maybe people will throw stones at this. He showed you some nice things. Sure. He showed you some nice he things did against, against Kansas State. State. Yeah. And, and again, it was, this is, you're asking him by ha- by the by the have to angle, you are asking him to do things that he is like two steps away from his progression in off the field uh, and, and just growing up and becoming a D1 quarterback because you weren't asking him uh, to come in year one and like, dude, you got to be phenomenal. Yeah, you have to be a superstar freshman. That was never the plan for him. And who knows? Maybe with Will Hammond coming in, I don't know what you know over in the building. Maybe the plan was for him to never see the field, you know? You ask a lot of people, and it is barren for a couple of years, and then you hand the the keys to Will Hammond, and he tears it up. And so I don't know what the actual game plan was for him, but it certainly was not come in year one and save the season. Well, if you're around these parts, you should be smart enough to know you need at least two, maybe three guys every year. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. Like, you don't want him to leave. You want him to progress because – you, you need barns in the you need horses in the barn. Yeah, horses that don't throw interceptions. It's the bottom line. One hundred point seven. The score. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth. This is the bottom line podcast from one hundred point seven. The score. All right, it's time for the fastest growing game show in the world. Jamie and I are your competitors today, going head to head means Ben has the questions. All right, fellas, today, while we were off the air, I had the chance to reminisce on a trip I took to New York City my sophomore year of high school. Nice. And one of the events we attended there was the world-famous Blue Man Group. Oh, okay. And I was just curious. They have events like my personal favorite is the drum bone, the big PVC pipe that they extend to change the pitch. Okay. In a real catchy, rhythmic fashion. They also have the paint that spills out of their chests and uh, the big, long xylophone with PVC. The three giant iPhones, if one stands behind them, they're in a different outfit and whatnot. I was curious. Clint, starting with you, what is an event that you would like to see at the next Blue Man Group show? You know, I honestly couldn't have told you if that's like still going on or not, the Blue Man Group. I would I would like to go see it, but I probably wouldn't go all the way out of my way. But I think that they should do uh, like a Gallagher esque amount of blue paint um, out mm-hmm. of a brass section. So it's not going to sound terrible. It's going to sound like, <laughs> but just seeing them have basically a paint war out of like trumpets and trombones and anything like that. Maybe you got a little piccolo guy, and he's like. You know, doing all that. And you get, like, the first two rows, Gallagher-esque ponchos. And they're like, why is there a poncho here? And they're like, you'll find out. I guess they don't talk. So maybe you just kind of have to figure that out on your own. Once you start seeing paint come your way, you go, oh, this is why a poncho is here. I'm going to go a brass paint fight on stage. Okay, I want an event that includes water and sea animals. Live on stage. That's what I want. A seal. Mm-hmm. I want animals performing with the blue man group. Like a blue whale. I don't they, don't, uh, they can be any color they to, want. Trying to think of other mm-hmm. I guess just like a parrot that's blue. We gotta fit with the theme though, right? It's, like the it's my first, show, man. We can do whatever we want. The world's first blue tiger. We lost three different arms trying to paint him. <laughs> he was not happy. See, this is why I hate asking the questions. I'm always in a catch-22. One of y'all... We did is, good. Catch-22. One, one of y'all is seemingly 
the one who can take this with a dub, but that'd be you. He's really serious about it. You were. I was. You were. You were yeah. serious. Yeah. Yeah, Clint, you got the point on this one. It, it seemed thought out. Because really they've out. stopped answering my emails. Okay. But hey, adopting the Blue Man Group into SeaWorld, I'm all for it. Yeah, it's really what it is. <laughs> Deep Blue Man Group SeaWorld. Ooh. Deep Blue Sea. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jamie, starting with <laughs> you. Especially when time. Samuel gets eaten. Yeah. Right after his <laughs> right, big right speech. mid speech. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, your turn. Mm. You are hired as the chairman of the board of admissions committee for a university of your choosing. You assemble everybody in for a meeting and you're like, hey, I'd like to add something to the criteria of students getting admitted to this university. If they don't meet the conditions, they are denied. It doesn't matter what else you do, what your SAT, ACT scores are, what percentage of the class you're in. If you don't meet that, it's over for you. Like, for an example, if this were Duke for me, you have got to be able to pronounce the name Mike Shashevsky in order to get in. Krasuski. If if you don't, it's over for you. Mike Wazowski. Sky. Yeah. I think a thorough inspection of their vehicle has to be done. And if it is filthy inside or out, they are completely out. Because I think that's a character flaw that I mm -hmm. just can't deal with. Mm -hmm. I do not want those people on my campus. Yeah. Those kind of people. Nope. There is like more than two old cups of fast food <laughs> drinks. You are so denied acceptance to this university. Um. Mine would probably get shut down pretty fast because mine, I guess yours is inspecting someone's car. So mm -hmm. this is probably on the same lines because mine somewhat involves stalking. You have to find when these students that you've already accepted go to a grocery store. And so like you're full, just like, you know, you're in the parking lot too. Seats laying back. You have a mustache and sunglasses, probably like a trench coat on. You're watching and you're seeing if they put that cart up. Mm -hmm. uh, or if they leave it in the parking lot. And as soon as one does leave it in the parking lot, I mean, just like an umpire, you jump out. Ha! You're out! And you're like, what are you talking about? And it's like, no longer Duke for you, buddy boy. You're gone. Get out of here. What a terrible thing to do. Like, it's so lazy. No, and so I am in, in, I'm so generally lazy. There where you can just put it away. You don't have to walk all the way back inside. Yeah. They they give you like two per parking aisle. Yeah, it seems it's like it's not all that over. hard. Yeah, and you just make everyone else's life so much like that much more difficult, more more inconvenient. Yeah, or scratch up their car. Or scratch up their their car. dirty car. Yeah, <laughs> filthy. I bet you, Clint. Same people. We're talking about the same people. Probably. It's the guy with the dirty car that leaves his cart out. Mm -hmm. So he goes and eats his three-day-old fries. Yeah, because he d he has no value of keeping his car nice and you know looking it looking good. He has no that that cares. He has no cares for that. So he just leaves it wherever. I get a little nervous with this topic because I mean I don't have like the food and stuff left in it, but at least on the outside and it's dusty inside. You know from from the trails and the lakes. It's not spotless, I'll say that. It doesn't have to be spotless. Well, you're making it sound like you're gonna like walk up and Jamie's gonna bust out like uh No, I'm like like if it's like... for like he's like a you know over a tech and he busts out like a white glove with like a no. tech logo on it. If I can't like... tell what your actual color of your vehicle is, you're out. Okay. And again, <laughs> if you have more than two cups from a fast food joint, you're gonna you then piece of gotta go, but you're in in just so gone. I was going to be the first one of my family to graduate college. Yeah, well, well, you know what? You're back in line. Yeah. You're right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the street continues. Uh, man. Trust me when I say I hate asking these questions. Because I'm in a Trust catch, me when I'm I say I hate too. answering them. Wow, that was rude. 
Hey, your questions it's, are great, man. It's not your questions, your question, Ben. Hey, Ben, it's your all your Ben. Take versus take don't questions. listen to him. Don't be. He's gonna scar you. Try to wound you with his words. <laughs> it wasn't. It's not you. I'm trying to scar. I'm trying to scar Clint in his game. You're the founder. You're the papa. <laughs> Jamie got the point on this one. It's one-one. <sighs> Clint. Yes. Finishing up. Will anyone you got this, Clint. be able to break George Blanda's record as the oldest player to play in the NFL? The closest to that was Morton Anderson and John Carney. George Blanda was 48, Anderson 47, Carney 46. No. And any consolation, Adam Vinatieri was around that point too. No, no one ever will. I mean, no, no one's going to at this point because... It's an impossible, feels like an impossible number to reach. The only one, and this was from a quarterback that uh, of like in today's sports world that was going to be close to it was a non-kicker named Tom Brady who ate avocado ice cream and did everything to make himself into the Terminator uh, and, you know, was probably doing some sort of seance type stuff to keep himself young and even he couldn't do it. So, um, I don't think that that is ever going to be reached. And from an organization like... It would it would almost have to be a kicker, but in today's sports world, you go younger and younger and younger, and you're trying to find the next best thing as soon as something turns average. So it's just not going to work out. No, because they make so much more money than they used to make, and so there's no reason to stick around that long. So uh, guys are going to get in, get their money, and get out before they get Dane Bramaged and uh, make sure they can live life normal afterwards. We will uh, let Bender Quan Bender Ben Quander. <laughs> we'll let Ben Quander. I think someone give me some Nyquil and knock me out, man. It's the bottom line: hundred point seven score. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from one hundred point seven. The score. It's time uh, for Jamie to throw out a statement. A hill he will die on. Possibly. Maybe. And uh, on that hill, we can die there with him. Or we can uh, say he's crazy. Or attack him. Say you're absolutely wrong. No shot, buddy. No statement today. I'm not even going to make a full sentence. You're not even going to say a word. You're just going to make a noise. I am going to say words... That you can put together. Okay. Tell me if they go together. Oh, like a puzzle. Oh, it's a game. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. You have my attention. You'd have had it anyways. Big 12 football. 2023. Worst ever. Wow, worst ever, huh? For the Big Twelve. Well, sure, yeah. 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 Um, I guess I'm just saying, if I were to use words and sentences, mm-hmm. I don't think there's really any really good football teams, and I think there's a bunch of them, bunch of them that are bad, a good amount that are bad. And there are a few that are just mediocre. I think there are teams that are going to make the postseason and go to bowl games that are really bad yeah. football teams that would finish, I mean, near the bottom most years in the Big 12 Conference. I I agree with you. I think overall, from just like a just team performance and, and – even if you were maxing out rosters and getting the full potential, it just feels like it's a down year. And the one thing, and not enough to actually disagree with you, but the one thing that I was trying to think about, like just to give, made me a little hesitant, is that even though it's just one team, and I don't think they're that great, I think if you get a team into the college football playoff, and it, which would be Oklahoma, and I'm not rooting for that. You know, I'm just saying if 
there's been a lot of years that you haven't had one there. Mm -hmm. And again, you can still say, play the game and like, okay, well, will they have made it there if if they do? If and that's still a big if. And, yeah, and if, if Saturday is any indication, it's going to be still a bumpy ride, and we still learn that anybody can beat anybody, and we knew this, mm -hmm. um, and nothing's a for sure thing. But let's say they do. Let's say they run the table and they make it there. We'd be sitting here and going, would they have done this in the Big Ten and gone through Michigan and Ohio State? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Would they have done this in the Pac-12 and gone through Oregon and Washington and Utah? And you Probably not. But I think you're making sense. If, if you've had all these years where you haven't been in the playoff and you have a team in the playoff, it'd be hard to say this is the worst year. Yeah. But again, there's a long road till that. And still, you can kind of say that with like, well, you made it in the college football playoff with kind of a smirk there. But I think in general... I, I don't think you're wrong because, I mean, it just feels like that was really well done. That was your circus act. I just sneezed my headphone off. Come see the headphone sneezer. Pay 25 cents. He'll sneeze his headset right off and then juggle it back on pretty quietly, uh, too, might I, until we pointed it out. Those are called old man skills, Clint. Oh! You only get those kind of skills when you get to be an old man. Man. Looking forward to that. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to sneeze off my headset <laughs> and you. catch it. Yeah, and yeah. catch it. But I, but I think from just like a competitive standpoint, yeah, I think the Big Twelve is is more down than it has ever been, mm -hmm. at least in recent memory. I mean, it's just like some of the teams that that we look at that are. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about Iowa State and how much of a just complete dump, dumpster fire that was, right? Mm -hmm. They're three and one. Yep. Oklahoma State, we thought coming in they'd be horrible, but they had an easy schedule, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're three and one. K State. And, and to is, be fair, they were playing horrible at the start of the year. Yeah. So it was. So it was Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah. K State's not been nearly as good as we thought they were going to be. Kansas. BYU, I, I mean, BYU has looked horrible um, and then just beat us. Mm -hmm. You and I talked about the fact that Kansas hasn't beat anybody good yet. Mm -hmm. um, West Virginia is a 2-2 two and two team that I don't think is, is very good. Um, Baylor's, they're even up in the league, I, I, and they're not good. No. I mean, just keep going down the list. TCU and Texas Tech, meh. Houston, Bad. UCF and Cincinnati. Bad, bad. I, I mean, it's, it's it, a, yeah. there's no depth to this league whatsoever. I, I, I legitimately think, like the way that I would look at it, if you, if people still took bowl games seriously, right, and you knew everyone was going to show up and it didn't matter what bowl game it was, I would not like the Big 12's record yeah, at no the doubt. end of it because I think there would be some slaughters yeah, across so. bowl No. We all know that isn't the case, and that's not something that you can pull that's you know actually indicative from conference to conference. But if it were like 15 years ago, I think the Big 12 would be getting punched around in bulking. Sure, I really do. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I I don't think you're wrong though. I don't want to die on that hill with you though, Ben. I don't want you to die, especially on a hill. Sometimes oh, people would have to roll you down. Well, that would be easier. It would be harder if I died at the base of the hill and you had to bring me up to it. Oh, you want to be buried on top of a hill? Up on your high horse? Want... You want to be up on a pedestal? Yeah, what's new? No, I'm saying that would be more difficult because if I'm if I'm at the top of the hill, you just roll me down and I'm mm -hmm. dead. Who cares, right? I don't. Yeah, I won't I know any it. different. I'm going to haunt you, but, you know, whatever. That's a mm -hmm. different story. Mm-hmm. If if it was Clint, you're gonna haunt us no matter what. <laughs> Some say I already do. <laughs> so around the halls. I think that's the point. Mm. Mm -hmm. Every okay. time I hear a funky noise at my house, I just assume it's you. Wow. The funny part is that I refuse to give him the address to my house. Yeah. But apparently his ghost knows how to get there. And every time Jamie goes home, he goes a different route just to throw me <laughs> off, you know. I'm Just like, in case. <laughs> I specifically scheduled Clint to be working while I leave so he can't follow me home. 
Clint hires one of those people that has to check and make sure that all the kids are staying in the right school districts. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I can hook you up with a private investigator if anyone's, <laughs> anyone's interested. <laughs> so Ben, <laughs> is, is, uh, is Jamie right or is he wrong? Yeah. I'm going to say he's right too. Half the teams in the big 12, are above 500, the next five or six are either at 500 or subpar. The rest of them are just flat out mediocre and or bad. Even the ones that are above 500, I think they just the conference is so mm-hmm. bad. And yeah, you know it's funny. In other years we've talked about, oh, that conference is gonna eat your own. You're gonna beat up on each other. All the above. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on this year. It's a big pillow fight. <sighs> You ever seen the Pillow Fight League? Have I ever shown you that? It's a professional Pillow Fight League. You probably tried to, and I like it's like half UFC. Half, I had a half phone pillow. call or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, hold on, I'm listening to Ben by Michael Jackson. Stop. Listen to a story of a man singing to a rat. <laughs> With child. <laughs> a, a child. A child, and apparently the rat answering back as a. You think Ben year old the, adult? You think Ben and the monkey were friends? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got a monkey, so. Is that your favorite line of the show so far? Yeah, it it, it made me chuckle. It made me chuckle. No, it's not true. He grew up with that monkey. Originally, I I didn't have a sentence put together to answer your statement there. I was going to say 2019 NFC East vibes. Every single coach in that division was fired except Doug Peterson, (laughs) who won the division. It's like, I don't think... It's funny, as down as it is, though, like the ones who, and maybe this is, speaks to it, the ones who I thought had a chance of maybe being fired, like they're safe. Holgerson right now feels like he's fairly safe. Neil Brown is definitely safe. Maybe there's some questions about Dave Aranda, but I didn't exactly have him on my true hot seat radar. Yeah, keep all three of those guys. Yes. Keep it forever. going. Keep Coaches of going. the future. Uh, it is the bottom line on 100.7 The Score. This has been the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 100-7thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.